fine. That is the intro now, everybody. No, 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 no. Restart the intro. All right, all right. Rewind it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to some more Chiluminati podcast. It is me, the host with the most, Mike, also with his friends Alex and Jesse. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Hello. Feels good to be back in the saddle, baby. Right, and you're not only in the saddle this time, Alex. You're you're gonna have the reins uh, on this one here as we. Uh, oh, wait, Alex is in charge. Alex is in charge, man. Oh damn, I'm gonna need a granola bar. All right, keep going. <laughs> I am so jacked. Right. I'm so jacked <laughs> to do this. This is one of my favorite ones ever. I'm excited because I'm, I'm excited, Alex. This is gonna be really good. <laughs> yeah. But before you're the Michael Jackson popcorn gif right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but before we dive into the weird, uh, cause I know there's a lot of people who are really excited that we're getting, going back to something more weird and leaving true crime, crime behind for a tiny little, little while here. Um, we got a shill. We have to shill. We have merchandise, everybody. Something we haven't really, uh, we haven't talked about in an episode, but, uh, you guys were asking oh, yeah. for it. We've got a t-shirt now over at the yeti.com slash. It's really cool. Yeah. I like it. It's awesome. And it glows in the dark, which is even better. Uh, in like only a little bit of the parts, the, so it the looks lo- mysterious yeah. in the dark. The the logo glows in the dark where the words do not. So when you're in the dark, you rep in us no matter what. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's twenty bucks over at the Yeti. You can search for Illuminati logo or theyeti.com slash product slash Illuminati dash logo. And um, if you work at the Yeti and you would love to send Alex a shirt, please do that. Because he would love one. I, you know himself. what? That goes for all three of us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we could spend our hard-earned money on our own T-shirt. Or we could beg for freebies. I love – you know what I love? Freebies. Yeah. I think we all love freebies. Uh, yeah. But other than that, um, I don't think there's anything else for, for us to shill other than if you love our show, rate us some five stars on iTunes and let us know over the subreddit how much you love us. I will be uh, – we'll be doing a, a full-on non-mini-mini-sode – Shortly thereafter, I'm going to be over in L.A. with these two boys cuddling up under some blankets, hot chocolate, in the in the heat for, wave for of five, of, for of five I didn't days. agree to any of this. No, I, hold on, hold on. What we're going to cuddling play up strip and poker. hot chocolate? Yeah, yes. And I can play like strip pl- poker and one two switch. It's right, gonna be great. And I and then you know exactly. And then when we get under the covers, I can play footsie with you guys. But uh, with both of us, yeah. One, you're gonna be on the like. I'm gonna have you. He on does the left. have two feet. Yeah, it's possible. I'm gonna have one of it's you on possible. the left. One it's of you just, on the right. It's a lot. Or we could sit all facing each other in a weird triangle with our feet in the center, <laughs> and we can just you know have a good time that way. Some sort of like feet tickle cult, right? Like somebody, tickle cult. somebody, yo, tickled on HBO now. Watch that right away if you like weird things. Uh, I know little... what you're talking about. It's it's the it's the documentary about the 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 like weird online tickle videos. Yeah, you just you just sparked something in my brain, and I was like, <gasps> tickled the movie, so good. Got, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. Oh, you should definitely watch that. that. Agreed. I have never heard of this. Oh man. Yes. Just go. Don't even. <laughs> don't look at. Don't look about it. Don't read it. Up. Oh, don't it. even watch the trailer. The trailer gives away too much. Yeah. Just no. go in blind, and you'll be like, what? I'm gonna so good. There's stuff on the internet that'll still surprise me, is what you're saying? Yes. Wow. A hundred percent yes. Interesting. All right. So today, I thought that since we were coming off of a serial killer story and returning back to the weird, that I would make sort of a missing link story for you guys, sort of the archaeopteryx of weird stories, if you will, between true crime and weird paranormal stuff again. Okay. This is the weirdest case ever 
Instead of a serial killer, we're going to talk about a body today. And the thing that's so weird about this case is that you can look at it so closely under a microscope. And, at, and after doing a lot of research, like, I've found that, like, two guys really, really have just, like, gone over every moment of this case with a fine-tooth comb. And it's still a mystery. Like, the core questions here are still completely unanswered even today as people are still working on this it's crazy this is called the taman should case or the tamam should case have you guys heard of this no never i want to say the only reason this sounds familiar is because when we first got together and started talking about what we're going to do with chiluminati topics you might have brought it up and i like did some minor looking it up because it sounded really cool but other than that, yes. I, don't, I don't remember much. This, that's excellent. I'm so glad that I get to tell you about this. Uh, but before we start, I just want to address the tamam shud, tamam shud thing. Tamam shud is a phrase in Farsi that means, like, ended or finished or something like that. And everywhere that that phrase shows up in this case, it is spelled correctly tamam, T-A-M-A-M, okay? Okay. Uh, but... For some reason, it is widely known as Taman with an N because, like, at some point in some newspaper somewhere, somebody messed up, and it's still, like, the name of this case in articles today, but that's crazy. It's called the Tamam Should case, not the Taman Should case. That's nothing. Just a little PSA at the beginning for people who, who little, know little about A little fact this. correction sure. right up top. I yeah. didn't follow you at all, but I assume you know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just the spelling. They just Somebody put an N there instead of an M, and I just wanted to like let everybody know that because it of doesn't course. make any sense. Anyway, I'm going to start. I said it was about a body. We're going to start the timeline of the night the body was found. Here we go. On the evening of November 30th, 1948, at Somerton Beach near Adelaide, Australia. Okay? We're in Adelaide, Australia. This is a place that, like, I forget who said it, but somebody said that it would be, like, the perfect setting for, like, a Stephen King story. Like, that type of town. Like, a sleepy beach town. Cool? Yeah. You got me? You we got me you. so far? We got on a sleepy beach town out in Australia where wilderness wants you dead. Yes. Yes. But in this case, who knows what wants what dead? <laughs> oh! Mystery. John, yes. John Lyons and his wife are walking home. And they notice a man who is slumped against a wall next to some steps leading to the crippled children's home. That is what it is called. Sorry. Uh, and uh, they assume he's just drunk and they like walk past him. They see this guy just slumped there. But both of them in their statements swore that they saw him raise up his right arm and then drop it again in the sand. So at the time that they were walking by in the evening... They saw a man who was, by all accounts, alive. Okay. And then another couple uh, who are not married, they're called Gordon Straps and Olive Neal. They also see this guy, and it's between, like, 7.30 and 8 p.m. And this time, these guys even said in their statement that they joked with each other at the time that they were like, that guy looks like he's dead. Ha, 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 ha. Right? How funny. He is yeah. a dead man. And that's pretty much all there was. At the time, that's all. That's pretty much all the scuttlebutt was. But by that morning, the next day at six thirty a.m., they find him dead by two guys who are who've got a horse with them. They're like doing some horse riding business on the beach. I don't know what goes on in Australia. And then John Lyons again, the, the first guy who like went back out because he wanted to go swimming, and he was like, "Oh shit, it's the same dude." 
he's still there. So he like went over there to check it out too. And so they all kind of like showed up and saw the body at around 6:30 a.m., okay? Okay. What they found when they looked at the body was like a dude who was like extremely well-built, clean-shaven like sort of like they call it like A-frame looking body, like a wedge-shaped like Michael Phelps ass like swimmer's body, incredibly incredibly attractive is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. I think he means fit, but okay, sure. I mean, a pothead he be- who doesn't deserve to be on the Wheaties box. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, no, so he was, he, was, he was like a pretty, like, jacked-looking dude, clean-shaven, nicely dressed in a suit and tie, but no hat. He was laying back with his head against, like, a seawall. His legs were extended out in front of him, and his feet were crossed. Almost like he was, like, laying there, and he, like, died in his sleep almost, if you can imagine. Okay. Right? He had an unlit cigarette resting on the right collar of his coat, and he also had an unused train ticket. He had a used bus ticket. He had an aluminum comb, which is, like, not a thing you'd see in Australia so much as you would in America. A half-empty pack of Juicy Fruit, which, like... An aluminum comb? I don't... Okay. I'm just going to let you keep going. (laughs) The, the the point the point of the comb is just that it's from America instead of Australia, which is notable. Uh, and then like same thing, half empty pack of juicy fruit, which like in Australia at the time, it was like very strange to see an adult chewing juicy fruit. Uh, even though in America it was common. Uh, and then a quarter full box of matches, Army Club cigarette packet, uh, with se- seven cigarettes, but they weren't Army Club cigarettes. They were like. Seven cigarettes from a different brand than the than the package said, which was like weird, right? Weird, yeah. Uh, uh, but nobody knew who the hell he was because his demo records weren't on file, his fingerprints weren't on file anywhere. He was carrying no government ID of any kind, no wallet, and all the labels had been removed from his clothes. Everything had been removed. He'd been huh. like scrubbed. Yeah. Uh, he looked about forty-five years old. He had. They said he looked like English-ish. I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> like a white dude, I guess. But he was like ginger. Uh, and he was really, like, again, peak physical condition. But a weird thing was that his toe shape, like the way his toes, like, rested, and, he, and the way his, high, his, his calf muscles were, like, really high up on his leg, uh, it looked like they said that either he wore high heels all the time or he was like a ballet dancer. That is like a that's very the only th- weird specific thing. That's like the only sort of type of thing that would cause that type of musculature. It's not like normal for a human to develop their muscles that way, right? Yeah. Uh, also, when he went into his autopsy, he has a spleen that is three times the normal size of a spleen. All right. He also had notable liver damage. And they noticed two very specific genetic defects with this guy. One uh, is that he's missing both of his lateral incisors, his teeth. Like, it's like his two front teeth and then, like, two sharp teeth, and that's it. Huh. Like, pretty, pretty, like, remarkable genetic thing that's different. And then he had another one where the upper hollow of his ear is larger than the lower hollow of his ear which is, like, really rare for humans. It's, like, for white people, like, Caucasians, that's, like, a 1% to 2% thing. Like, huh. that you're... That, yeah, you're, the, the, the upper hollow is actually bigger than the lower hollow. Right? Yeah, yeah, all right. That doesn't seem important, but it will be important later. Tell me he's an alien. 
I'm waiting for all this to come together because this is just you're listening off weird stuff. Just, but I don't just know how follow this me. Just follow me. Just I'm follow on the me. adventure. I'm, on, yeah, I'm exactly. on the adventure. But I'm letting you know that everyone listening right now at home is like, what the hell? All right, let's keep going. <laughs> I promise Go. this will be worthy at one you point say in time. That, you say that, and then you're going to be like, and then the Beatles. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, uh-uh. got Yo, me again. People love the Beatles episode. People love it. All right. <laughs> at one point in time, I get so many positive comments. On my Instagram about that episode. I'm lying. At one point in time, <laughs> barbiturates and soluble hypnotics were mentioned as possible poisons that could have been used based on, like, the things that were wrong with his body. Mm-hmm. But also, that's, like, a really big spleen. So that's, like, not really that good of a thing. Also, no foreign substances were actually detected in his body. And other, th- and other than just, like, people being like, well, he looks like he was pretty weak and he died in his sleep, maybe... No cause of death was ever determined, and no formal connection has ever been made between the body and the possibly living person that those people saw the night before. You know what I mean? Like, it probably was him that they saw there, like, a couple hours before they found his body, but there's no proof of it, if that makes sense. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, but a few weeks later, they used, you you know, I said he had, a like, a train ticket that he didn't use. Yeah. So they go back to the station where he got it, and they found out that, like, he left a suitcase checked at the, at the train station. Okay? Okay. And So he went it, there, checked, yeah. checked his bag, bought a ticket, and then never didn't take the train. the train. He didn't take the train. Okay. But here's the thing that's crazy is that this, everything in the suitcase also had all its labels removed. And it was checked in at 11 a.m. the day before he was found dead. Hmm. See, it, uh, my my initial knee knee jerk reaction is he sounds like a government agent of a sort who was was caught in the act and had to run off, right? And like off himself more or less because it's his duty. Yeah, super weird. Yeah. So inside is a bunch of clothes that have no labels. Uh, the thing that they noted in the police report was that there was brown pants with sand in the cuffs which was weird. And then a orange thread that also only came from America that actually was, they found used on his clothes that he was wearing when they found him. So it actually is like a direct connection between the suitcase and the man. Uh, they found a coat that's only available in America that wasn't even imported. Uh, then a, a shaving kit. All that stuff's pretty normal for like, maybe like a dude from America, but then also there's something that was called like an electrician screwdriver. Nobody knows exactly what that is, but that might be like an insulated screwdriver with like rubber around it. Nobody knows. And then a, and then a table knife that, that was sanded down with like a tool shop sander into a sharp weapon and a pair of scissors that was also sanded down using like shop materials into a sharp weapon. And then sheaths for both of those weapons that were made from zinc and then uh, a laundry bag and a tie that had the name T. Keen on them. Okay. K E A N E, except also it was spelled K E A N somewhere else in the suitcase. And I guess they figured out eventually that those were just like something that he bought secondhand or something. So that gotcha. didn't really matter. So the, but it, the point is, it wasn't his name. So he, according to the station records, the dude arrives in Adelaide by overnight train from Melbourne or Sydney or Port Augusta. He buys a ticket for the 10.50 a.m. train to Henley Beach, which he then just misses for some reason. And then 25 minutes later, he leaves 
towards the same area on a bus, like sometime later in the day. Huh. Uh, yeah. The body, they just like did their best to preserve it. Uh, they had somebody come in and make a like bust out of the body to like try and preserve his like living state look a little bit more before the body right. started to look weird. Uh, there was interviews, but no official conclusions were ever reached in the like area of time surrounding the crime. Okay. So that's where it stopped for a while. It's pretty weird case, right? Just yeah, like, sort of like maybe, yeah, like maybe a spy, maybe something like that. Um, but then it gets weirder. Uh, because after further investigation, six months later, by an expert microbiologist, uh, this guy named John Cleland, first the dude noticed that the guy's shoes were like super polished in a way that it looked like he would never like set foot on a beach that night. Like it looks like he never walked anywhere, which is like kind of weird because of some different eyewitness accounts that were pouring in about people that they saw. But it's yep. also weird because he was found on a freaking beach. Right. Uh, uh, also, this was like the thing that is so crazy about this. Rolled up tight in his fob pocket, which is what they called him in Australia, which is like your watch pocket, which is like there's like your pocket and then there's that small pocket inside of your pocket that yeah. nobody ever uses. Rolled up in there. Was is a it tiny? Yeah, just a fucking doobie. This <laughs> dude was blazing it. No, this dude inside was like a small piece of paper rolled up. And in and on it, printed, not like written with hand, but like machine printed on it, it said Tamam Shud, which was ended or finished in Farsi, right? Right. Uh, so he's so in a way like he's done. Yeah. So that was in his po- that was in his pants. And eventually, what people found out was that's the closing words of a book of poetry that's like really popular, kind of like, uh, I don't know, like that that like James Franco book when James Franco put out a book of poetry and a bunch of hipsters like bought it. I didn't even know he put out a book of poetry. I'll be real with you. I did not yeah, know well, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is. I don't even know if it's a poetry book. I'm just saying it's like one of those books that like it's, it was like trendy to buy right for a while. Uh, and it's called the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. Okay. So this, so this Tamam should piece is from like the end of that book. And they, like, started reporting on that. And then after a while, a dude came forward who, to this day, has maintained his anonymity somehow. Huh. Uh, Even after coming to the police, he came forward with a copy of the book that he said he found in his car that he shared with his brother-in-law, like, around the time of of the murder or whatever. And they both just were like, yo, I don't know... They just both kind of, like, assumed that the other person left it in the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're sharing a car with somebody, it's like, oh, it's this fucking book. Like, I'll leave it in there for a while. But apparently it wasn't either of theirs. They, like, figured that out. And then they looked at it and they opened it and they saw on the last page that it was actually torn. And the and the, and the and the actual, like, Tamam Shud, like, line was actually, like, taken out of that book. And then so they got a paper expert to, like, compare it, and it actually did come from that copy of the book that he found in his car, which was, like, a big direct connection. And it was also a crazy clue because the back of their book also had, like, indentations. Like, you know when somebody uh, writes a note on a notepad 
and then you they take the paper away, but you can like totally see what they wrote. Yeah, yeah, you could do like if you wanted to like do a graphite kind of trace over a piece of paper, you could see where what the bumps were. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so they, I, I, there's conflicting reports on whether it was that or it was just written there, but basically what it was was a phone number or two, and five lines of an encrypted code, with one line of the code crossed out. Huh. Okay. See, the more and more you talk, the more and more it sounds like he was a government official of some sort, like in, in uh, you know, be fucking CIA or something along those lines. I mean, that's what it sounds like, but it also sounds like if that was the case, right, like, this, isn't this guy, like, the worst spy ever? Well, does anybody know who he, he was? Does, did anybody ever figure out who this body was? Did, did anybody ever, ever discover his identity? Yes, that's, that's the question I have. I yeah. think that's the point is that – wait, they did? I thought you were about to say no. See, what? I don't know where any of these stories go. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, no, I, no. They have not discovered his identity. Like, oh, okay. I thought you said yes. They definitely did. Because, like, <laughs> the only thing I found when doing just while you're talking and listening is, like, uh, in 2011, there's some old evidence pointing that he may be a man by the name of H.C. Reynolds, but there's no – yeah, no, it never went beyond that, and as of right now, it's ongoing. As of spring of eight, 2018, so spring of this year, yeah, some girl stepped forward and was like, "I'm his granddaughter." Yeah, so yeah, I'll get, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get okay, there. We'll get cool. there. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. Like, but if nobody actually knows who this man is, then even if he's a shitty spy, he actually he did a great job because nobody knows who he is. Well, right, but if you saw a real spy, right, like you would expect him to have like a fake identity, not like no labels. Like that's not a good way to. Yeah, travel. I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. But keep keep going because. But like, here's why. Is... But here's why I don't think it's a spy. Well, okay. Well, here, here, so hold on. So a bunch of people have tried and failed to solve the code. Right. This right. is never. This has never been solved. Uh, but enough experts over the years have like looked at this thing and they agree that at the very least it does exhibit some sort of intentional pattern, and possibly that it even is a like rubai like a rubai whatever they're called. I think a rubai is the name of like one of those poems, like a quatrain. Like it might be like a poetic quatrain. Gotcha. 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 But because of just like police standards, this isn't like a mysterious part of this. I don't want everybody always reads into this type of stuff, but this copy of the Rubaiyat was destroyed a long time ago. Uh, and no completely matching edition has ever been found based off pictures. I know somebody found a, a, a version that looks identical, but is printed on different paper. But part of the problem of this and why, if this, if this book is used as like the key to a cipher, mm -hmm. like the thing that's frustrating about this is that at the time, apparently this book was so popular that it was like regularly being bootlegged. Oh, okay, gotcha. So there's and a lot of fake copies out there. Yeah, and also this this company that makes these that was making these editions of this book, some of them, some of the editions were like one, one, one book. So it's like super frustrating because it's like the perfect book if you were ever gonna try and like, you know, get rid of a book. It's like the perfect book. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. But the phone number in the back did lead to a person who, uh, for a long time, was just called Justin. Okay. Uh, it's a woman who claims never to have met this guy. 
and while many conflicting things have been mentioned about her and her relationship, if any, to this dead guy, as soon as she, as soon as she was cleared of suspicion, she asked for her name to be removed from all official files, which basically took her out of the story for, like, a while. Uh, but before we get to, like, modern day, I just want to look at, like, some of the, like, crazy theories because there's... Obviously, there's a spy theory, so I'm going to just, like, talk about what that theory there's is. There's also got to be an alien theory out there somewhere. <laughs> the, some, some, people, some people have said it. I, like, went in and looked at the boards, but, like, what it just boils down to is, like, his, like, dubious origin and his weird genes. Right, that he was – maybe he was a hybrid of the greys and humans. Yeah, but based on evidence, like, the one good, like, strong, kooky theory that I got was this one. Uh, and this is, like, me just sort of, like, pulling a bunch of – theory pieces together and trying to like get one good coherent the theory, look at this theory. The theory crafting. Like yeah. It. So this, this is like all around an anti-spying initiative that was started against the Soviets in 1944 uh, called operation Venona. Uh, and this was uh, an the, American sorry, uh, operation. Venona. <laughs> operation Venona. Bonanno crime family. Bonanno. Ven, Venona. <laughs> Manamana. <laughs> what? Okay. Operation Operation Venona. Venona. Uh, it's, an, okay. it's an American. It's it's an American operation uh, of like crypto cryptanalysts, and they discovered uh, in 1947 of April 1947 they discovered a major major security breach uh, out of the Russian embassy in Canberra, Australia, that was like leaked intelligence, like just radioing it out of the embassy, just like straight up, like secret codes, totally just like got caught red handed. Uh, and it led to a ban of us classified intelligence, uh, in Australia for 1948. It was like so embarrassing for Australia. They just like totally fucked up. Damn. Yeah. Uh, like I said, though, there's not like an official timeline for this spy theory. It's not like one unified theory, but here's just like some stuff. Uh, U.S. Assistant Treasury Secretary Harry Dexter White uh, suddenly dropped dead of a quote-unquote digitalis overdose, which is like a medicine. What? It's like a medicine what? overdose. Uh, but it's the reason that he dropped dead of it was because he was identified as a spy from this uh, investigation. Uh, and then in 1945, there's another death of a guy named George Saul Haim Marshall who was found poisoned in Sydney, and it looked like a suicide. And next to him was a copy of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. Ooh. And uh, he also was p killed by poisoning. And, uh, you know, though no cause of death was ever determined, the Somerton man may have been killed by poisoning. Yeah, I remember, I think I read that, actually, that, that I think poison is their, their best guess. Yeah, but nobody, again, nobody really knows, other than that he probably just, like, stopped breathing while he was sleeping. Nobody huh. knows, like, what led him to that state. Um... Another important element is that in questioning this woman, Justin, who was the phone number lady, she actually claimed to have given a copy of the Rubaiyat to somebody. It wasn't to this guy. It was to a guy named Alf Boxhall, who's an ex-military guy who everybody thought was the dude at first, but then they found him and he was alive. And he still had his copy of the fucking Rubaiyat that that girl gave, that that girl gave him. Huh. Which is, like, super weird because then where the fuck did this guy get his and why does it have her phone number in it? Yeah, there's a lot of just, like, weird coincidences. Yeah. 
But the reason that matters to the spy theory is because in 1978, Alf Boxhall was interviewed for a TV special in Australia about the case, and he said that before he met Justin, he had secretly been part of an intelligence unit, though he denied any espionage connection with the Somerton man, and he kind of, like, tried to laugh it off. Which, I mean, I don't blame him. Damn. Uh so, you know, it seems like, you know, maybe the, the spy theory is crazy, but it does bear mentioning that in 1994, John, John Harper Phillips, who is the chief justice of Victoria, chairman of the Institute of Forensic Medicine. This isn't like some crazy doctor. This is like a real government doctor. He reviewed the cause of death in the 90s, and he said there seems little doubt about that it was digitalis. That was the type that was the type of poison. I was going to say the poison that that they assumed, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's so that's the that's like the brunt of the the spy theory, but there's a few other weird things that happened around this time that are also relevant that maybe will stoke your curiosity or help you guys maybe form. I'm ready. I'm ready. Theory. It's also interesting. Years after his 1949 burial, they buried him after a while. Once they gave up, uh, a couple years later, flowers began appearing at the Somerton man's grave. Uh, after a while, and police like like noticed, and they like questioned a woman who was leaving this, the cemetery at the time, but she was like, I don't know who that guy is. But somebody was leaving flowers there. Uh, and around the same time that somebody was leaving flowers there, there was a receptionist from the Adelaide Hotel, which was actually across the street from the railroad station, where he bought his train ticket and left the bag, right? Uh, the receptionist came forward, and she said that a weird guy was staying in room 21 or 23 for a few days around the death, checking out on November 30th. And she said he spoke English and he had a small black case with him and that when she had an employee look inside the case, he described what was inside as looking like a needle. Huh. Wait, so she, so the person staying in the hotel, she's saying is possibly this dead guy. Either the dead guy or somebody who was tracking the dead guy. Okay. You know, gotcha. it's just strange. It's just strange that he had a needle, like a like he had a black case with him, and inside it was a needle. That's strange. Uh, in 1959, which was like 10 years later, also a man came forward saying that on that night he saw a man in an overcoat carrying another well dressed man along Somerton Beach on the night of November 30th, 1948. But it's 11 years later. Yeah, nobody you're knows. Not sure if you can believe uh, yeah. what he's saying, but uh, it still reeks to me of like government something of like yeah. someone botched it and had like got off to buy <clears> another <throat> government, or he offed himself before he got found out, and maybe was thinking he was making other people safe by doing it. Yeah, interesting that he chose the beach. Maybe he was hoping he was going to be washed away in the ocean, never to be found again. Yeah. Also, 1959, there was an inmate at a prison in New Zealand called Waganui Prison. Uh, it's and a great prison name. Yeah. I'm going to prison. I want to go there. That sounds like a terrible prison. It sounds like <laughs> they kill you there. Like, it sounds awful. <laughs> uh, this guy, E.B. Collins, said he knew who the guy was, but he wouldn't say who it was. That's easy to do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know that that's... Okay. It's just interesting that it was, like, the same year as the other tip, and it was, like, just they didn't know about each other. Uh, hmm, also, right. during the same documentary I was talking about earlier... Uh, where Boxhall was interviewed, uh, a guy called Paul Lawson, who was the guy who made the cast of the guy, like the plaster cast, 
he like w got really cagey and he like refused to answer the question when uh somebody asked him if anybody had ever positively identified the body he got like weirdly cagey about it and like didn't want to talk about it uh and so that's like where it was left for like a pretty long time but i heard about this case again like two years ago so i'm going to give you like the like latest and this is why i'm like on the fence about why the, if whether or not this guy was a spy okay because this is just like too uncanny so other than this like one police officer who's like from adelaide but he didn't really work on the case at the time but he like worked at the department at the same time as a lot of the people who did work on the case and since then he's like written a book about the case uh even though he still hasn't been able to name someone as who this guy is hmm. um there, there's another there's another person who's working on this case as well. He's an engineering professor from University of Adelaide in Australia, and his name is Derek Abbott. And he and his students, he, like, uses his students to, like, work on the case because he teaches them, like, how to, like, apply systems and stuff. And they, like, started off by trying to crack the, uh, you know, the, the code, but he's been getting into all different, kind, like, aspects of the case. Um, but the thing that ended up being most important to him is that lady Justin again from the phone number mm -hmm. right because her house just so you know uh is 400 meters away from where this dude's body is found so real damn close 1300 feet like we're talking like you could just like run there huh yeah uh she always maintained that she had nothing to do with the case did not know the man involved but there are multiple accounts of Justin who was also called Jesse Harkness and eventually Joe Thompson. Uh, there was accounts of her being like very, very weirdly evasive during questioning and not really wanting to talk about the dude or the case at all. And then when they brought her back in to show her the, the plaster cast of mm -hmm. the Somerton man, she like couldn't handle it. She like freaked out. She couldn't look at it. She was acting like she was going to faint. Uh, she was trying to downplay her emotions, though. She was, like, pretending like she wasn't having a reaction. And while nothing is confirmed, a lot of police officers around at the time said that it left them with the impression that she did know who this guy was and that she was kind of not being honest. Interesting. Uh, but there was nothing about, like, the police couldn't do anything about it, though, because of the evidence, like, wasn't good enough. Uh, and so it wasn't until much later when this professor from his college like revisited this part of the case that anybody really like thought about her that much. Uh, and by then she was already like dead for a long time. So, she, <laughs> so she, she, so he reached out to her son who was also dead and found this guy, Robin, who was actually born the year before the summer, the Summerton man was found dead. So this is her son. And because it's like a much more recent person to have lived, Right. Uh, there's a lot more about him, but also that's because his job is crazy. So her son uh, was encouraged towards ballet by his mom. And eventually he got so good at it that he became a working professional ballet dancer. Uh, and so that was the first thing that made this guy go like, huh? Because if you remember, I said earlier that his calves were like crazy high up and stuff muscles yeah and that like is like the mark of a ballet dancer but then also he looked at pictures of this dude robin thompson and he sees that not only is this dude missing both of his lateral incisors 
but he also has the same inverted ear hollows. Maybe it's that this man was this woman's son or yeah. brother or something. Yeah, it seems it's it seems like it seems like this is this is her 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 kid her kid with this guy. That's what it seems like to me. Uh, yeah. But this guy's dead. But his kids are alive, and one of them is named Rachel Egan, who was because he was a dancer. She was completely given up for adoption and like just like never knew who her parents were or anything. Uh, but all through her life also was a huge like ballet fan, ballet person. Uh, but also ended up talking to Dr. Abbott a bunch and like figuring out this story about like these dance these these dancing people in the family and how her great aunt Joe, because she actually was able to talk to this woman, Justin, and, uh, like, she always got weird about this dude, and any time that the dude would come into the news, she would, like, move away. She would, like, move somewhere new. Hmm. Like, any time that, like, the Summerton Man was back in the headlines and stuff. Uh, but eventually, she's talking to Dr. Abbott, and after they talk for 24 hours, right, Dr. Abbott proposes to her wait what yeah and she accepts and they end up having kids together wait what yeah yeah wait what (laughs) yeah they got married one day after talking to each other and it's fucking crazy and people accuse him like the the cop that i was talking about earlier the cop is like yo that dude is trying to like lock down dna he is like trying to like this is this is crazy like this guy is like marrying his way into a family to lock down dna rights for this guy uh, so it muddies the waters a little bit, like what the fuck ever went down with that, but also like, you know, whatever, maybe they're just in love, who knows? Uh, but in February of this year, they were actually able to pull hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. In February of this year, they were actually able to pull hair off of the, the plaster cast mm-hmm. and like get some actual usable DNA. Uh, and so now they've narrowed this guy's genes down to unique signatures common to only 1% of people in Europe and Australia. And steps are currently being taken to prove lineage between Rachel, this guy's wife, and the Somerton man. And huh. even though they know that much about this guy, they still don't know at all, literally at all, who the fuck he is at all, anything about him, literally any single one thing about him. And they don't know how he died, and they don't know what the fuck the deal is with that code at all. Interesting. And, like, I'm I'm telling you, I looked at this case super close, and I still have no idea. There's no answer at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm left like baffled as like he it still he still screams to me. It, it, it's one of two things: government or like just family trauma of just like this. Doesn't woman. it seem? Doesn't it seem so romantic for it to be a spy though? Yeah, of course, right? You you want that that spy story because there's that hook. But the more I think like a little bit about it, it's like maybe he was initially gonna run away from his wife and then decided that he was just gonna kill himself instead. What if he was a Russian? What if he was a Russian ballerina spy <laughs> who was I, coming to Australia to dance in the opera, and 
then he fell in love with a woman and they had a kid together and then he got discovered and so he decided to kill himself instead of getting discovered to protect to, to protect his family yes his secret family his secret family yes that that he it's that yeah it's that idea of like a spy falling in love with the locals and all that other nonsense it's interesting i do remember you bringing this up again right when chaluminati we kind of formed it more or less and you were like oh can we cover this at some point yeah um yeah, 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 it's interesting. It's very, very interesting because because there's no answer, which is what yeah, is... we still don't know anything. Yeah, really, it's just it just seems impossible that nobody would know, especially if he's like a ballet dancer, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially if that's really what it is. Like, how? What is the deal with that? Like, is that just an incredible coincidence that all like through two generations there's like this huge ballet connection? Yeah, I don't know. Is there a book about it? I'd, I'd actually like to read more. Yeah, if you look up the the cop's name, uh, what is his name? His name is uh, Jerry Feltis with a G. Jerry okay. Feltis. He has a book that he wrote about this case that is just like breaks down like every little aspect of it. But man, like I tried so hard to like poo poo this case. I tried so hard to be like. <laughs> Oh, it's definitely this guy, this one guy. It's definitely this one explanation. But right. I've never like this is that one murder case where you're like, oh, there is no answer. Like their body is there. They have it. It's buried in the ground. They know where it is. They got it. They have no idea who it is. It's so weird. Well, it ju- it seems like like a one of those cold case things, right? Like a cold case episode where mm. someone down the line will uncover something related to this on accident and it will it will blow everything wide open or somebody but, will get married to this dude's granddaughter on purpose and yes. blow this Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To lock down DNA. Of right, course. of course. Yeah, that is how it works. I mean, that well, is that's... pretty weird though, right? It's like I think that's the weirdest weird. part. I feel yeah, like the whole marriage thing for the Yeah, the that's the weird part DNA. for it's me. Like, what is why like that's, it, there's just so many questions as to why or it Whatever. is pretty weird, like, if you listen to – because there's they've, – they've interviewed these people before. This is, like, a really famous – this is, like, an extremely famous case in – this is, like, the Black Dahlia of Australia. You know, it's, like, there's, like, a romance to it in, like, the in the culture. And, like, they, they've talked to both of these guys. They've talked to the, the professor and the cop. And the cop and, the, and this dude, like, used to work together on the case. But then, like, something happened at some point where they, like, soured on each other. And so when you listen to this dude talk about the professor, he, like, clearly is grossed out by him. And, like, now now that I know that this dude, like, married his way, like, maybe into this guy's family, it's, like, there's not really, like, a good way, like, it, unless true love exists, unless, <laughs> unless I'm, like, ready to say that true love exists, there's not a way that I can feel good about saying, like, oh, yeah, this is just, like, a love story. Yeah, I, it's it's weird. Fuck. See, now I'm just sitting here. I'm like, well, I just want answers now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, th- there's a code. Like, another another theory about the code maybe is that it's like a mnemonic device code, and so it's like actually unbreakable unless you're the guy. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> or maybe it's like a code that like maybe she knew only. Yeah, it, it, it might be well past the point of us actually getting answers for that particular piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and it's also weird that, like, two main people in this case were able to, like, be anonymous. Like, 
literally this woman Justin was like anonymous for like a long time she was like am I a, am I a suspect and they're like no then they're, she's like well then I don't know why my business needs to be out in the open like please take it out please take super it down super defensive kind of thing yeah. and I guess I, and I guess like none of it was ever done like above board either it's like all like on like gentleman's agreement same really? thing same th- yeah same thing with the the dude who got the book uh in his car which is also oh. like a super weird part of the story because like nobody knows who there's that guy is there's a lot is. to this that doesn't mm, yeah wait okay nobody Continue. knows who that guy is like actually like this is like not like uh like a there's one one instance of this story in one newspaper from 100 years ago this is like but the, but how do we well know any story. of any of this information from the story is true then what do you mean? Like, if it all, I'm, I'm. Do we have the book still? The book, the book was destroyed, but we found, we found a. <laughs> but, that, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, every aspect of the story seems like it could be falsified. Like, well, right. every, well, right. But, it, but it is well documented. Like, there's photography. But of there's the no book. documents. Like, there's it, photography. There's photography of the book, so they know what it looked like, and that's how they determine if the edition is correct. They, you know, the guy, the guy with the book, they have reports of talking to the guy. And for some time, the guy was reported as like a biologist or as some type of scientist or a businessman. But like looking at it, if I look at every source and I like really parse it out, that's like terrible. That's like terrible police work and or reporting. If you can say he was a businessman or a biologist well no that's like, all that's, are, all in, that's, that's only a newspaper that's only that's newspapers. crazy that's only in newspapers in in the police work they his name is not mentioned because he asked for it not to be which is like i guess the thing you can do if you're not a suspect in the crime i i mean i don't know the rules i don't know how that works in australia i just i guess i guess that's a thing you can do which like to me makes like no sense because if you can just convince the cops in the short term that you're not like, but you know, involved what, in the What case. year was this again? This is well, the, he died in like, 48. Yeah. 48. So, you know, it's a long time so, ago. And uh, of okay, course, I guess there was, it was a different time. Maybe this was like I just the murder that shocked the nation level murder too. Like this was like, you know, this, this was like crazy. Nothing like this had ever happened in this town before. Hmm. I just, it's so bizarre. Mostly because, Everyone associated with it did the exact wrong thing. Yeah. I'm, yeah. The thing that's really weird to me is that this woman, like, runs from it. And I guess, like, in the end, it could just be, like, a secret because, like, she married somebody else eventually. Like, within a year of this murder, she married someone else. So, you know, like, if you're thinking about it that way, like, maybe this guy was never going to be the husband because she was already going to marry this other dude and it was an affair and they had a kid and she pretended like it was this guy's kid. You know, like, it could be something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not willing to throw out the idea that it's as as mundane as as family trauma or family problems or whatever, but there's still a lot to the case that just doesn't make sense, like the tags being cut from all of his clothing and weapons Weapons in his bags, like handmade. Oh, yeah, like handmade, like shivs and Don't forget that. And, and like, it's made out of, like, a zinc. Like, there's, like, the sheets that he made himself out of zinc. Mm -hmm. Zinc? It's so weird, yeah. Damn, dude. It's a hell of a story, though. Yeah, I don't know. Like, to me, this is so weird because it doesn't fit into any one thing like he has like he's missing his teeth he has like weird 
mus- musculature. Like, what's weird? Like, where did this guy come from? Who is he? Why does he have American stuff? Like, it's just, it's all so crazy. Like, you know, other than him maybe being a military guy, what real proof is there that he's a spy other than that he's, like, trying to hide his identity? Yeah. Maybe he did it for her. That's also true. Like, you could always think back, like, maybe she was always dating somebody else and he was the side piece maybe the yeah <laughs> maybe yeah I mean? maybe the weapons maybe the weapons were there to make it seem like something weird on purpose or maybe you know? he was planning on murdering her her lover yeah you never know fuck up who knows i don't know yeah it's interesting though that's a fucking cool story and one that i would love to follow actually as time goes on yeah. If updates come down the road we should definitely come back swing around to it and do some updates or something i will I will for sure let you know if anything happens with this because I actually obsess over this still to this day. That's yeah. I mean, again, you brought it up months months ago. Yeah, about wanting to cover it. So, if if anything, please like if anything pops up, we should we should definitely do like a, a an update like segment on it. Yeah, I I really awesome. I I really I really like would love to hear what you guys think about it too. Like, there's a big rabbit hole to go down. Like this guy, yeah. this guy, this professor. He has all sorts of resources about this on a wiki that you can like go look at and form your own theories. I would love to see some of you guys look into that on the uh, subreddit. Yeah, on the subreddit. Let us know what you guys think happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested. Speaking what you, of... Um, what do you guys think? What do you guys like in the end? Think? My, my mind still sits comfortably in some sort of government agent, probably. Um, but I, I'm, I'm grasping at like what else it could possibly be. I'm so that's pi- where my, my mind is. I'm picturing... Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm on the exact opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. that I think this is just... I don't want to say a normal murder, but it, right. it's just a normal person that's been blown out of proportion as people try to, like, come up with fanciful reasons for why this... Why all the weird things are connected when yeah. they could just all be weird things that are unconnected. Yeah. And, you know... If if you if it was like a suicide like a love related suicide, and then it became this like huge murder, like in in the country and like really what it t- came down to was you just like totally screwing a guy over who fathered your child or something like that, right. you know like you don't want that to be the like oh it was just this it was just this shitty lady ruining this guy's <laughs> life and him killing himself. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that's just sad. That's yeah. just a sad way for it to end. I personally, however, choose to believe that this was a Moulin Rouge Rouge esque love story with a dancer <laughs> with a small hooker pistol in his garters what? and <laughs> a tale of espionage and submarines and poetry, and, uh, broken heart deaths and yeah. poetry and consumption. I yeah. get it. Yeah, and maybe some type heart. of like some type of lizard people connection with the teeth yeah, I, I don't know bringing the grays that's fine yeah Bring it all in man when when there is not enough there to give you a proper answer fill it in with aliens is always the go-to and people do this is not like a joke theory oh, about I, like oh no i know go, yeah. dude everything anything and everything paranormal is connected to aliens if you just look hard enough yeah it's all there the truth is before you <laughs> well alex that was a. Uh, I, man, I want. I, I'm, it's, it was an intriguing story. I try to zig when, when you expect me to zag. I got zigged and zagged. Um, something that you said though that uh, that actually roused something that I wanted to to bring up actually. 
uh, before we close out the episode completely is, um, you know how we asked why isn't Philip Carlo made a movie about Tommy Patera and all that good stuff? Yeah. Philip Carlo is dead, <laughs> which is why uh, he never made a movie. And something oh, I learned, are you saying that we can now? Yes, that's all on us. I guess when he wrote this book about Tommy Patera, um, he uh, got a threat from Tommy from in prison. And for the rest of his days, he had a bodyguard follow him around and protect him because he was afraid Tommy was going to have somebody murder him. So how did he die? Uh, He had a disease. I can't – let me double check. He died from a disease. Was it radiation poisoning? (laughs) Yeah, Carlo uh, author. Yeah, I just wanted to drop that update. That's the reason there was no movie, by the way, is because he ended up dying in 2010 from Lou Gehrig disease. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so if you have an update with uh, with the Tamam should case, drop it. We'll we'll cover it like a top of an episode or something where we can do like a ten minute. Oh hey, new, new information. Uh, let's do it. I'm yeah. down. And I will try so and next, surprise you guys again with another one of these weird. I'm excited. Shorties. We've got a. Uh, the next topic is actually going to be a, a mix of of truth and paranormal as well, uh, with the deaths of some people that uh, we're going to be talking about in a couple of weeks. But. Alex, thank you for bringing that dope story, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Appreciate it. Uh, again, guys, if you want to, you can support us directly now by hooking us, uh, hooking yourself up with the Chiluminati Podcast t-shirt. You can go to the yeti.com slash product slash Chiluminati dash logo. It brings you right to the purchasing of our new t-shirt. And if you guys like that stuff, we'll throw out more stuff. The, Chum- the, the logo that we have just fits perfectly as all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So hey, we'll, we'll see what we can do with it's that. It's a good shirt. It is a good shirt. It's a good shirt. <laughs> The Mickey Mouse murderer has returned. Yeah. <laughs> and and Dr. Girlfriend. Put it on your body. <laughs> <laughs> so I can chop off your limbs and bury them in a suitcase. Put it on no, your body. No, for real, though. Tommy, I think I respect you. Please don't come get me. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're innocent, Tommy. You don't. You're innocent, man. You, Damn. We, 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 uh, you know what? No, Tommy, ever... I don't think you're innocent. I think you did a great. You are a, you're awesome. I think you got every single one of those people. You probably you're so talented. Please don't add me to the list. <laughs> I, however, think you're a monster and deserve to rot in prison for the rest of your life. So, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Chiluminati. We'll be back in about a week or two with our next topic on the book that uh, we're going to be recording. Hopefully, while I'm down in LA, saying hi to these fools. They're so excited that I'm visiting. You can hear it in their voice. Woo! And uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back soon. Make sure if you're listening on iTunes, drop us a five-star rating. Let everybody know that you love us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hell yeah. Bye. Bye.